Welcome to Tech at Lunch, the podcast that satisfies your hunger for all things tech while you enjoy your midday meal. So grab your sandwich, tune in, and let's dig in. Hello, Nick. Hello, Matt. And, you know, <laughs> today we don't have, um, you know, John with us. Um, you know, he is, uh, he had some, I guess you could say car issues uh, this morning. So, or this afternoon, so he couldn't make it. Um, you know, we hope that you know those car issues are not too uh, ungodly expensive. Um, but we all know how that works. Um, you know, we've kind of been talking about um, you know three D printing and the fact of how do we recycle it and how are we you know more able to work with it inside the environment and also the different types of filaments. But you know, this week. We're going to kind of, you know, take a, I guess you could say a back seat to that. And we're going to kind of aim towards an event we're heading to. Um, you know, we like to tell y'all when we, um, uh, you know, when we're going someplace. So, you know, as we did with Rapid TCT 2023, um, we are throwing it out there that we will be at uh, South Tech. Um, MT series, uh, 2023, um, actually next week, we'll be grateful. Yep. We'll be there. We'll see uh, a lot of different, uh, technologies. Uh, <clears throat> we'll talk to a lot of, uh, um, companies that deal with different type of technologies. Uh, and, uh, we'll keep you guys in the loop of some of the stuff that we're seeing and some of the new innovations that's coming towards you guys. We're, we're definitely going to do, um, because the thing is, is we'll be up there um, when we have to do a podcast. So we'll have, to, we'll have a podcast due that Tuesday um, that we always do, since we always do Tuesdays. Um, we don't want to let y'all hang in. Um, me and Ed will do a uh, South Tech Day 1 um, wrap-up, because that will be the night of our uh, South Tech Day 1. Um, it is in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, so it is in the up, our upstate, or, you know, in the upstate. And, you know, the big thing about South Tech, it's an advanced manufacturing show. And it's something that, you know, we want to be part of. We, you know, we want to get up there and meet with the guys, just like we do with Rapid TCT. Um, you know, we'll give you the same amount of coverage. Hopefully we'll get more people we'll talk to a little bit. I know we're still working on the, the people that we're talking to from, uh, from Rapid. So, you know, if, you, if you're listening to us from that show, you know, we're definitely going to reach out to you. So, you know, give us a little bit of time. Things have been a little rough. Um... It happens, I guess, when you start a doctoral program. Um, things get a little bit um, anxious. So, you know, some of the areas that we're trying to get into, I guess you'd say probably the digital manufacturing area, you know, some of the advanced manufacturing stuff. Um, so, you know, what are you trying to, to get out of well, South Tech? I, I would be very interested in what we're doing with Industry 4.0 and how we're uh, utilizing data. What What is the movement forth with OEMs with data because it's beneficial for those guys to get data from the field in Mm -hmm. real time to understand some of the flaws or some of the things that they didn't anticipate when they um, institute these uh, different type of technologies. The, The other thing I'm interested in is how can we, how can we do rapid prototype hmm? and, and inline rapid prototype well 
Yes, and, and I mean, like, how are we using additive manufacturing to do rapid prototyping where we're not spending, you know, say, $100,000 to build some model? Mm-hmm. Um, and I say I take a model from, like, some type of CAM program or some type of uh, um, computer-generated uh, engineering type of program, and I'm able to make, a, like, a, a 3D-printed model where I yeah. can actually put my hands on it and see. Right. Okay, hey, that looks okay. It looks like what I did. So I'm interested in how how are we going to do those type of things? How are we dealing with the data that we're getting from edge computing mm-hmm. out to the cloud? If if we're going to that, how are we utilizing MQTT? Yeah. What, what are we doing with IOTT? What are the things that these guys are doing that's going to you know, maybe elevate these guys in the future. Mm-hmm. I'm right there with you. You know, and I know, you know, from looking at the, the, the attendees list and stuff like that, there's a couple people we want to go talk to. I, I think there's definitely, you know, some things we want to get into. Um, some of those are, you know, the, 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 the future manufacturing areas, you know, that they've got going on. Where we can go talk to our, um, the guys who do the foundations for uh, pulling data for SCADA. Mm-hmm. Uh, that will be there. So we'll be able to talk to those guys face-to-face and actually have a conversation with those guys. You know, stuff that we see coming through like Siemens and, mm-hmm. you know, Step 7 and stuff like that. Um, you know, through what, you know, some of the other SCADA systems that we have out there. Um, you know, it's also, you know, like you said, the additive, the, not the additive, but I want to see what they're talking about with subtractive manufacturing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's definitely going to be a lot of CNC um, equipment, you know, up at this show. Um so being able to see what they're doing in the subtractive realm, right? You know that is supporting the uh, rapid prototyping side of the house. And I think even with the, the subtracting, I can actually build those models in different phases of subtracting yeah. to actually get an ideal. Hey, how much swarf uh, am I going to have if I yeah. subtract this different part? Something else I, I I just thought about, you know, and maybe it's being provocative, but. Why are we not building dashboards into our technology? Yeah, that's... Why, why, why do I have to have a platform to pull data? Why shouldn't I be able to go to that technology and their KPIs already being capable of being assigned to a technology? Yeah, you never know. We may say something like that there. Um, I know there's a lot of AI teams that, that are going to be out there, uh, you know, companies out there kind of, you know, doing what they do best. Um so, you know, we hope maybe we get to talk to those guys. Maybe we'll bring them on the podcast and have a conversation with them. You know, really get to kind of pick their brain a little bit. You know, guys who understand this more than we do. You know, because when it comes down to it, I'll say this. I'm not a big subtractive guy. You know, I'd love to learn more about five axis. Mm-hmm. You know, and now I think they're starting to get to like six or seven or eight axis or something like that. I think it mm-hmm. is now, whether I got the robots moving things around. Um, but, you know, that's something that, you know, I would like to learn more about. You know, and get involved with. You know, how do I make sure that if I'm going to use subtractive or CNC manufacturing to rapid prototype a piece for inline manufacturing, how do I make sure it's at the right scale? And and the other thing I thought about. How do I know it's at the right scale? That's true, too. That's where I'm getting at with with the KPI, the dashboard. So the KPI dashboard is something different. So we should be able to do continuous improvement with the with whatever technology by having a uh, web-based dashboard available that can it's configurable. Right. I think if that'd you, be a word. 
That worked too. Okay, so the other thing I believe also is that what? Why is it not? To to me, why do we not have black? What I call black box technology. So when a plane crashed, there's a black box. Yeah. Every robot or every piece of uh, six, seven axis CNC equipment or anything that's using any type of uh, automation should have a black box function. It doesn't have to be a physical black box, but we should build a black box API. Yeah. So when something happens or crash, that black box API, we can go to it, and it captures. Take a snapshot. Yep, tell this, me what happened. Yep, and then I can take and analyze that. Yep. And also that data can be sent back to the OEM to say, oh, we never thought that this could happen after so many cycles. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we know after so many cycles, we need to look at this. Yeah. And, and this helps to do improvement on their end, so the next cycle or development for them They've already got the data ahead of time. Yeah. Some of it keeps running in the background even though the, even though the robot's off. Reducing the engineering costs. Yeah. 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 And also reducing the fixed time. So then you know exactly what broke. Or you just have an idea what broke. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, what I'm kind of interested in also is seeing if companies are bringing out new AGVs. Mm-hmm. Or if there's any new robot cells that are coming. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff that we may not see now, you know, what we do for daily living. But something that, you know, we see that, okay, cool. Now we see what the robot cell of the future is supposed to look like. So would that, I have a feeling that's going to change how we see th- how we see robot cells now. I have a feeling that you know next you know five ten years, we're the robot cell is going to change dramatically. Yeah. Well, what I can see is cobots. Yeah. So I think cobots technology in the future is going to get even better because we're going to make uh, the connectivity and the repeatability and with AI and machine learning mm-hmm. and some of those things we can add into the background of some of our technology and automation. Um, we're able to actually use a cobot environment even better. So uh, you may reduce ergonomic issues. You may reduce uh, worker fatigue. You may reduce human error that happens because you have so many um steps to do uh you may also improve uh you know production because the repeatability of a cobot is you know far superior than a human yeah. and the human is able to input its uh insight via machine learning to a- actually help improve the cobot so i think with ai slash machine learning with human uh oversight yeah can make the process even better. I can, I can agree with that. It's like I'm looking at, I'm currently looking at the app too, trying to see kind of what's, trying to get a, you know, kind of a, 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 a you know, step forward into, you know, trying to plan, you know, kind of an area that I want to go into. And I just came across a company called RoboLive. You know, just to throw this out there, you know, it might be somebody we talk to, it might not be. However, what I'm seeing is this entire company is designing itself around robot commissioning. And also doing robot commissioning analytics, mm-hmm. which I think is great. Something that every time we see a robot commission or something like that, we're lacking. And it's not because we don't try. It's sometimes because we don't try. Um, but it's mostly because the data is not there or somebody's not capturing the data. Or there's no oversight. Right, that too. Now, if, if, if here's one thing I would like to see, Nick, in the future, is that when we use Agile... Mm-hmm. I would like to see automation go to an agile prof, 
a platform where we're using the same mechanism as agile where we're documenting the whole process and we do not move forward until that is fixed yep. to the next process. I think the waterfall the waterfall protocol had its place yep. in time. But I think even commissioning with automation on a shop floor environment should involve some type of agile uh, platform and also there should be some um, I would say a uh, depository or something where the where people can go and view this data in the context of hey here's the documentation we put it in this data in a github you guys can go look at it in mm -hmm. github after commissioning we're going to shut this github down but at this point we can document and track through github with an agile platform yeah. and at the same time we are also doing fuzzing and whatever we need to do to verify the system. Well, why can't I use, and speaking of this, you know, which I love the idea, you know, like a robo-agile. You know, I, I think using the agile approach, the iterative approach for commissioning is great. Um, I should have, you know, weekly sprints. How far do I want to get this week? How far do I want to get this week? But now I want a retrospective that tells me, hey, what's going on? Then I can plan what I'm doing the following week. You know, I think that that's, that, that's freaking awesome. The thing is, is I also think they need to go to like a JIRA. You know where they can where they can mark their bugs in there and tell you if it's done and it'll actually track your test plans. Okay, did you accomplish this test plan? Did you do this? Did you do that? And we and we can even go as far as, hey, because humans do better. Excuse me, humans do a lot more. Sorry, people. Humans do better when we have visuals. Right. Exactly. So I think a dashboard would be awesome. Mm -hmm. And in the background, we actually have a list to go with that, with the documentation. Yeah, where, where are we at in the commission? Yes, I, I think it should be some web-based or some cloud-based uh, platform that we can go to and say, hey, here's our dashboard, Here's here we are. Yeah. And the customer can go to it and say, hey, okay, I see it. And, and like you said, the, the, the entire commissioning side of, you know, robotics and agile and um, uh automotive type of stuff and you know the automation side of the world everything is so waterfalled you know unless you're inside the like the it environment which you know we deal a lot with agile or try to at least um well i say it always works hell no um do we try maybe um but you know are we you know dead set on making sure this is agile not so much you know mm -hmm. it, it's because we don't have the team for it well we do but we don't have the the availability of infrastructure. Put that way. However, if you if you use if you can leverage AI right. with machine learning with someone that I trust in our in our group yeah. that's handling the agile part. And and in conjunction with like like I said, there has to be rinse, wash, repeat protocols in place. Yeah, I agree with you. And the thing is is you know that needs to be standardized, you know, across the industry. Which, getting that standardized across the industry is going to be a very hard because everybody's so stuck in their ways that they don't want to move from anything. Mm -hmm. You know, and the thing is, is you know, maybe some of the stuff we see at um, South Tech may try to bend that, the status quo a little bit, you know, and heading towards the more advanced manufacturing side of the house. As far as, like, MQTT, smart IoT, you know, IoT environments and stuff like that. Stuff that proves that we must go to an agile-based commissioning approach going into the future to deal with, with Industry 4.0, which 
I don't think personally that you can go industry 4.0 and stay waterfall. I don't think that's plausible. Mm-hmm. However, I will say this. There is not a commercial, um, like, I guess you could say automation um, uh, certificate for um, uh, an agile-based commissioning. Mm-hmm. You know, it's easy. If you think about it, when you think about you, how you want to do it and stuff like that, yeah, it's, it's pretty, you know, straight to the point. You know, follow the Agile principles, you know, and build it from there. However, you know, there may be something that, you know, the Agile Foundation's coming up with. Yeah, but we'll see. Um, so, you know, but I think that going Industry 4.0 in an IIoT environment, that you're starting to view a little bit differently. So when we look at the automation stack, like, so the robots are not at the sensor layer. Right. So they're at the, basically, the uh, production. Basically, when you're doing your production. Mm-hmm. So I guess what, what I'm what I'm saying is, is there the, there's already capability in some of the POCs to have these type of uh, web-based applications that, mm-hmm. that can do what we're talking about with a dashboard. All we're saying is, if the customer does not want to share the information, that's fine. But the customer is able to internally use that information themselves. Uh, so, so for for, for me, um, you should not extract data simply for gain, for pro for profit. Yeah, you should have data points solely because I want to make the best product out there. I want to improve my product. I want to give the best experience to the customer that I can give. I want to gain confidence in the community. That that should be your anybody starting a company that's going to build any type of automation. Yep. That should be your platform. Everything else will come. Why is Apple superior to any other phone technology out there right now? Yeah, they believe in iterative manufacturing and and, 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 and trust and iterative engineering. What do you trust about an iPhone as opposed to an Android-based phone at this moment? You don't have no. to worry about compromises. Right. The hardware is solid. The hardware is solid. They have, they have developed the hardware to a point where nobody questions anything about an Apple hardware. Mm-hmm. Automation should be the same way. Oh, nobody, No one should question the hardware. The software should be solid. And it should be a difference. It should be a noticeable difference like... When I'm looking at an eclipse and when I'm looking at the regular sun. Right. And I think with that, you know, you also have to trust the process. And I think that needs to be standard. You know, just like the just like the the hardware and the software all has to be standardized. I think that, you know, you, you, you have competitive companies. You're going to mm-hmm. have Siemens. You're going to have Mitsubishi. You're going to have all these guys. Which is Rockwell. great. Well, you're going to have this, the, the, the really good, the really good, you know, competition there. Mm-hmm. However... If I think if you've got enough of them to, to agree on a, on a standard of commissioning, not a standard of software, I think a standard of commissioning, because they all have their own software that they use, um, I think if they have a standard of commissioning, you would probably be a lot easier, you know, going into commissioning steps when running new lines. I, I would argue there are already ISO standards out there. Yeah. It's just people, you know, refute. The, the issue is not the OEM. OEM. Right. The issue is the commission, the guys that commission the stuff in the shops. Yeah. So the the issue is the companies. Yeah. The companies should adopt the OEM standards. 
You're buying the equipment from the OEM. You made the choice to pick whichever robot, whatever automation you want, whatever access machine for CNCing mm -hmm. or whatever uh, process uh, you want to use for a programmable logic controller. Right. Or if you want to use SCADA or, or whatever system, DCS or whatever. Mm -hmm. You made that decision to go with that OEM. There should be a standard, which already is. I'm pretty sure there's an ISO standard yeah, that someone is following. Okay. I, 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 I have no doubt. Yeah. There is no doubt that everybody follows some ISO standard. Now, what software they use is their business. Right, exactly. But there is an ISO standard for, hey, here's the structure of doing whatever. Yeah. Dealing with data. Here's a structure for dealing with bits. Here's a structure for dealing with data manipulation. Mm -hmm. Everybody has that. Everybody has some library. Um, I, I believe the issue is with companies and and the the contractors yep. or, or the suppliers, that the, the guys that are doing the work. You yeah, have to have I've a scope that, of work. Yeah. You have to put in place a scope of work with competent people that understand how the equipment should work. Right. If you need something to do 20 jobs per hour, guys, come on. I don't need something that's going to do 15, and in the future we'll go another five. If the scope of work is 20, then it should be 22. Should not be 20. Right, and I, you know, and I think that you know we might see it, and like we mentioned earlier, you know, what we kind of want to see up there at South Tech. I think that you know if we can see more of the IOT side of the house and you know, the MSB side of the house, or not MSB, but the MQTT side of the house. Um, is we need more, you know, contractors who are more, I guess you could say, IO, industry 4.0 savvy mm -hmm. that are rolling these systems out. They can say, okay, cool, why I'm at it, let me set this up for you. You know, let, 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 let me make sure that's out of the scope of work. I don't think there should be a system that's in, pl in, in placed or commissioned without an IoT stack behind it mm -hmm. that can collect the data, like you said, the black box, you know, from all of this stuff that tells us, hey, guess what, dummies? This is what's going on. Or I've been ran this hard and put up this way. This isn't right. You know, something's broke. Um, I haven't had a tip change, in, you know, in a couple weeks. You know, because we do, we've seen robots out there that, you know, guess what? People forget. And, the, you know, the system doesn't warn you that it needs a tip change. And you get kind of crap wells. But I guess I go back to... But the robot gives you a warning, though. But the thing is, if you don't have a, a device to pull the data, you ain't going to know it there. So let's let's go back to... So now let's, let's get off a little bit, just a second. Let's just sidesteps for just a second. You have a car that has um, multiple mm -hmm. computers on it. Oh, yeah. You know, microcontrollers or MCUs or whatever you want to call them. And it warns you when you your air is low. Yeah. But if it's something that's critical to the system, say, I'm not cranking up. Exactly. We we ought to have those same type of protocols in place because the OEM is working directly with the person that's buying. Here's an example. If I'm you violated the standard, don't, don't fire up. Don't move. Yes. I'm going to give you a perfect example. Okay. You go, you go to a jeweler and you say, hey, I want a ring that fit this size ring, this size finger. If the if the size of the finger is a five, why are you ordering a ten? Yeah. Or why are you ordering a two? The size is what it is. So when the OEM gives you specification, I would argue that if I'm an OEM, 
I'm not going to sell anything to a person that has not come through my program and been certified that they understand how to install this equipment. Makes sense. I'm just not going to do it. Right. We won't do business with you. Exactly. There are some people that no matter what you do, all they care about is making a fast buck. And there are some people that's in your companies right now, all they care about is getting the checkbox. Yep. I would argue those are the people that's going to hurt your company in 10 to 20 years. And you may go out of business because you did not listen to what people were saying when Industry 4.0 was coming. And Industry 4.0 is not just a number. It's a glimpse into the future of your company. Yeah, it's the fourth industrial revolution. And, and the fourth is data. Right. If it you are not data. leveraging data, you will be out of business. I promise. Yeah. You will not be in existence. You will be Kodak. Yeah. You will be Kmart. Yeah. It's like, you know, the thing is, is Industry 4.0 being the fourth industrial revolution is, like you said, the wave of the future. That's why we go to these shows, you know, that where we can learn more about that so we can come back and talk more to you people and to all of our listeners about, hey, this is what this means. This is why you need to be on board. If not, get off the bus, you know. Um, and the thing, the thing is, you know, we talk a lot about, about additive manufacturing. We do. I'll say that. However, additive needs to jump into the industry of 4.0 freaking mentality also because I think it's behind the power curve. However, you start going into physical manufacturing, vehicle manufacturing, tool and die, and that type of stuff. Way behind the proverbial power curve here. It, it, there's, it's the, if you don't commit to moving into the industry 4.0 envelope, you're going to fall behind. And I would argue there is one leader right now. Whether people find it... Um, Controversial, whatever. Talk about Tesla? Tesla's way ahead of everybody. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well ahead. You know, they believe in, in, and they believe in the whole data is new oil topic. They believe in, hey, we need to know everything that is going on to make the best available, you know, vehicles on the market. You know, maybe not the, you know, sometimes some people may argue they're not the best, but the thing is, is, you know, they're they're there. You know, they're producing the most, but there's no one there to compete with them. and, And who's getting updates and improvements to their cars in real time yeah other always. than tesla nobody over the air updates they built that they built the over the air update mentality if you think about it you know i know people kind of say oh elon musk you know and they get kind of pissy about that however the dude ain't dumb you know he founded um uh spacex when he founded spacex technically he was using Tesla to fund the SpaceX venture. Um, however, he found he founded that company with being an agile rocket company. You know, they were an engineering company first, before they built rockets. Then they built rockets, and then the thing is, if you think about it, these rockets are landing themselves. They're the first company to ever land a rocket. And was it a thousand or so now successful landings? Mm-hmm. Some of these things have been up nine or ten different times, and all landed on their feet. You know, unless they're used as you know side boosters for a for a, for, a, for an all out you know heavy heavy launch, because because he's not a widget manufacturer, right? He, he he wants to get the most data as he possibly can. He is the first person you saw when they came up with a new um, capsule. You know, he was the first one to get Americans back into space. Mm-hmm. You know, that wasn't flying around Russian, you know, stuff from the sixties. You know, but. 
you know, where they're using dials and indicators and pushing buttons with sticks, mm-hmm. you know. I'm not saying they're Stone Age, but yeah, I'm not saying they're not. But they're, they're, they're what works, you know. The thing is, is Roscosmos in Russia knows what's worked and what's not, what has not failed them yet. The, in, in their entire years, they've had one failed launch, one abort. That's it. You know, they've had, they have also had a failure to deploy parachutes. However, that was during testing. Um, so, and if you think about it, they've had a one heck of a, a launch record. Mm-hmm. You, you know, very, very much so. You know, even though you say, oh, they, no, they don't because they had a leak. Guess what? It got hit with a, with a micrometeor. They don't have a choice, right? However, te- um, SpaceX was the first people to bring touchscreens into the um, uh, aerospace world. Mm-hmm. As far as for in law, uh, for rockets using mm-hmm. tablets, mm-hmm. using touch screens, doing everything via AI, where the darn thing pilots itself. You know, most of the time these guys can sit back, you know, hang out and just wait for this thing to drift into mm-hmm. mm-hmm. until it gets there. You know, I know they do more than that, but hey, you know, I thing is, I love the space race. I love, I you know, anything you know, space related. You know, I'm there for it. And the thing is, I spawn, I, I support it, no matter who the company is, Roscosmos. You know, even though some people don't agree with their, you know, don't agree what's going on in Ukraine right now, but mm-hmm. you know, that's that's not on Roscosmos. Yeah, um, that is on the other knuckleheads. But you know, I, I'm t- I'm I'm right there, kind of trying to see what you know what India's doing. You know, mm-hmm. the fact that they had a lunar lander land. You know, first ones. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, guess what? All right on it. Seeing what Japan's doing, what some of these other countries are doing. Um, what are the, some some of the other comp- companies are doing out there? You know, mm-hmm. like Blue Origin. You know, Blue Origin is still trying to go off the ground. Um, you know, they're you, but they're using their rockets to to uh, run some of the new stuff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. from uh, um, who was it? Uh, they're out of Huntsville, Alabama. Um, one of the other rocket companies, uh, Tory Bruno's company, Tory Tory, Tory Bruno's company. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, but, which is actually technically a joint venture between Boeing and Lockheed Martin. Mm-hmm. Um, ULA, United Launch Association. Mm-hmm. They're using the, the, the engines from um, uh, uh, Blue Origin. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, so, but the thing is, is, you know, they went to the touchscreen approach. Mm-hmm. You know, when it comes down to the Boeing uh, Dreamlifter. Mm. It's only made it to the space station once, and they're still waiting to launch again. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. But, you know, we're starting to see more Industry 4.0, mm-hmm. you know, advanced manufacturing stuff hit different parts of every single, every single you know, piece of equipment. Yeah. You know, from space to the new Dreamliner, right. which is 100% touch screen. Yeah. You know, I, I, side like, sticks and all. Yeah, I think the big thing with Industry 4... So, really what's going on with Industry 4.0 is edge computing... Um, the data that we're leveraging, and then looking ahead with AI or using uh, machine learning in conjunction to uh, help tune the AI is what I say. Yeah. Um, um, and then humor error correction. Mm-hmm. Um, th- th- those are the things that... L- look, guys, I- I'm going to put it to you simply. For over 20 years... All companies have been using IoT and MQTT technology for down-the-hold data. They have over 20 years of pressure, temperature, rotational speed, torque, 
They got this data. That, that's why they know when they go to drill a new hole what to expect. Yeah. Now, we've been doing PLCs for over 20 years, and there's so many different varieties, and no one has archived or no one has taken these data points and said, hey, what was good about the PLCs we installed and what was not. Yeah. We're too busy caught up with, hey, I want Alan Bradley, I want Siemens. It's no difference than having an ARM or an Intel processor. Right, exactly. It doesn't matter what processor you have in place. How are you utilizing the processing power to improve or to increase the longevity of your company? Mm -hmm. I guarantee you, you, you can market, timestamp it and market. There will be more than 90% of companies that are in business today that will not be in business in 20 years. Oh, yeah. That, that's almost guaranteed. In, in automation. Yeah. Because they are cavemen, and cavemen go extinct. And the thing is, is, you know, the ones who want to be a part of the next generation of automation, you know, that, you know, want to look forward into the industry for auto stuff and say, hey, guess what? I want to do things differently. And, you know, the good thing is we may see some of that at the show that we go to. Mm -hmm. You know, we may say, cool, these, these are the guys we want to be we want to be friends with. You know, we want to have these conversations with these guys. We want to be involved with these guys. You know, and, you know, we want to give them our, our support because we see them doing something different. The thing is, is if you're going, if you're an automation company and you're not afraid to be different, bend the, uh, the status quo just a little bit, then you ain't going to make it. If you're not attending, you know, some of these shows out there, you know, Rapid, South Tech, East Tech, West Tech, you know, those guys, the big shows put on by SME, um, you're not going to make it. You're not going to understand what is going to be the future of your industry. If you don't understand, this is coming. Mm -hmm. You're going to be behind that power curve and you're going to get hit in the face and go, oh, I didn't know that was coming. Yep. Are you, are you just going to go out of bed? Right. I mean, that's that's how Siemens exists because Texas Instrument failed. Yep. Siemens solely exists in this this environment because they bought out Texas Instrument uh, automation process. They bought Texas Instrument PLC. Yep. They did not develop it. They took Texas Instrument PLC and then they turned it into their PLC. Right. So I, I, what I'm ex trying to explain to you is Texas Instrument did not improve, so they went away. Modicon did not improve, so they went away. Yeah. And if you think about it, now you have a company, you know, Siemens in general, if we want to stay on the, on, the, on the Siemens idea, that is not afraid of iteration. They're not afraid to step forward and say, okay, we can do this. You know, I had, I had the opportunity to talk to the um, North America um, VP for automation. Their new automation stack going on in um, uh, open uh, uh, Charlotte when we were at Rapid. They're excited. They're excited about Industry 4.0. They want to be there. They want to be the front runners. But the thing is, is, they also know they need to be the front runner when it comes to the additive manufacturing side of the house too. Mm -hmm. You know, they also understand that hey, guess what? Not everything requires a PLC anymore. We can do a lot more and a lot less. And so you have some of these, and the thing is, that if you think about it, why did Siemens go to the soft PLC that you're able to run in Docker, you know, or in a virtual machine with remote IOs on the floor, 
that are have IoT built into them. Uh, now Rockwell. Now Rockwell's doing the same thing, mm -hmm. and but now they're doing it as a service. Yep. You know, Siemens hasn't gone to the at the service, um, you know, methodology yet. But I have a feeling that's coming. Um, but the thing is, is it is it shows that these companies are shifting, and if you're not on board with the shift, you won't make it. Um, you know, that's not to scare anybody. I was telling everybody, hey, guess what? You need to start paying attention to the environment. You know, what is going on? Um, you know, Industry Ford Auto, adva uh, you know, advanced manufacturing, you know, manufacturing of the future, I guess you could call it now, um, is going to be the way we do things. You know, it, it's how do I collect data? How do I use data? How do I spit data back out? And how do I make sure that I don't get lost in the proverbial sauce? You know, when it comes down to you know, issues and incidents. You know, how can I recover my line faster than most people do? How can I take an idea, recover it, and then keep proceeding forward? So I, I will say this. I advise you guys to uh, um, check on a guy called Walker Reynolds. Yep. Uh, he is one of the leaders in the industry 4.0. Uh, actually, he does a uh, series, Industry 4.0 Solutions. Uh, we, we do not have any affiliations with Walker. I've just uh, been following Walker for a while and learned a lot of things from Walker. Uh, and he's not going to sugarcoat things for you. He's going to explain to you um, what the reality is of uh, Industry 4.0. So I would advise you guys to just go, you know, maybe uh, check out Walker uh, uh, Reynolds. Um, but... Um, what we have to do, um, like I said, some of the OEMs have to be the leaders. They have to push the boundaries because most of the, uh, um, companies are going to stick with what they had. Yeah. Um, the typical lifespan of, a uh, industrial environment so an operational technology environment it's probably going to be anywhere from 20 to 40 years so anywhere from 20 years in an automotive plant uh, depending on which shops you're in so normally about 20 years for for a paint shop um, for a body shop it could be anywhere from eight to more years um, assembly is probably around 15 10 to 15 but uh, say if you have a power plant, that's probably going to be 40 years plus. Yeah. Um, say if you so. have utilities, they're going to be 40 years plus. Um, yeah, somebody's working, don't change it. Uh, so, uh, but the the, bat, the downside of that is, is our grid is more than 40 years old. Right. Uh, so, um, we should embrace some of these. Take. I, I'm not saying like throw out everything that's that's been... Uh, a workhorse for us, but everybody has the issue. That's why we have all these KPIs. We propagated so many KPIs that people don't even know what the KPIs mean. Yeah, they just hear KPI. Ooh, I want to. I want, I want a KPI. There, there are so many dashboards that. What is that? What's the relevance of that dashboard? Yeah. We generate so many alarms on a shop floor in an automotive plant that you have to mask out the alarms. I argue that first before you even make the first alarm, you should have an alarm philosophy mm -hmm. that iterates the, you know, what's normal, what's abnormal, and what is critical. Right. 
I think that is you, you, know, you should, the best way of doing it. Yeah. You should have some type of philosophy. But anyway, we, we're getting off top a little bit. But I'm saying, like, guys, I'm telling you, if you don't learn anything from us, I know we've been really heavy on additive manufacturing. Uh, in the future, I would like to do uh, a little bit of concentration on Industry 4.0, as especially data-related, mm -hmm. how we can utilize those things. Uh um, and like I said, it's coming in the future. We got we got a lot more topics to go before we get to that, but uh, I'm sure we'll come up with some after this after next week. I'm, yeah. I'm sure after day one. Yeah, we'll probably have like a snapshot. But you yeah. know, I I, I I still think we got a lot of things to offer from additive manufacturing. Yeah. You know, I, and it may tie in. Mm -hmm. You know, but yes, of course, next week it's going to be. You know, we're going to be. Uh, industry heavy next week yeah and the thing is is I, I i think that after day one we should have we should get should get and start getting a good idea of kind of what we want you know kind of what we want to get into and stuff like that and we'll be able to come back and give a briefing on you know what do we see what do we see that's interesting because we're well, the thing is is there's 95 vendors or 95 booths at this location at the at this show mm -hmm. so we're gonna split it up into three days you know we're gonna hit some they hit the other they keep hitting the other you know eight to three Every day, maybe a little bit later when we get there, we get there a little bit later in the usual. But the thing is, is we want to bring the best content we can from that event to you. You know, you might see some stuff pop up on YouTube. You know, maybe some shorts and stuff like that that we kind of show you guys. You know, this is what's going on. You know, stuff we see. You know, stuff we want to be involved in. Um, you know, stuff we want y'all to be a part of. You know, stuff that we want everybody to kind of get an enjoyment of. Because I don't really see a whole lot of things on on the YouTube about um, you know South Tech. And, mm -hmm. you know, I don't didn't see much about it. So hopefully we can cover a lot of it and, you know, we can make sure that, you know, hey, you know, these guys brought to the forefront, you know, this show is brought to the forefront, um, you know, then have it available for, for people out there to come and see it later. You know, so we're not trying to push it. Mm -hmm. And we actually get people out here who, you know, come to the great state, you know, South Carolina, come up north and, you know, come and see. Uh, or down south if you're up north. Right. Or, yeah, vice versa. Um, you know, come down to great states. Um, you know, if you're in California, come to America. Um, you know, just you know, that's kind of how we, you know, how we see things. You know, um, you know, if you are in California, we do welcome you to this side of the world. Um, so come over, visit. Uh, don't stay. Um, but you know, in all all seriousness, you know, we'll be in uh, California next year for Rapid TCT. Um, you know, I, there's parts of that st that state that I love. Um, you know, South uh, San Diego being one of them. Uh, get to go see a new part of the country, you know, over there in Anaheim next year. Um, never been up there. Uh, probably driven through it, but never been to it, never stayed. So we're going to spend a week, you know, in Anaheim next year. So, you know, definitely can't wait. Um, probably maybe go up to San Francisco, see a couple guys up there, and then come on down. Um, so we'll, we'll work around that. We'll let y'all know what's going on when that's happening. But, you know, we want y'all to be involved. We want y'all to have a little bit of fun with it. Um, who knows? You know, we may talk Ed into doing a, um, you know, a live stream. You know, while we're uh, while we're out there, um, you know, at, at uh, um, South Tech to kind of you know see what everybody's thinking, uh, get people involved, and you know say hello and kind of you know walk the show floor. Yeah. So you know we may have some fun with it. So, but you know I think we've kind of kind of hit the proverbial nail on the head. I think. Yeah, I think we did a pretty good job. Uh, so you know I want to say thank you. You know, I want to, we're, we're reaching in, actually, I'm going to look now, because, you know, I don't want to give you all the wrong number. You know, we are creeping in on the 2,000 listener mark. 
you know, and we can't be more ecstatic. Um, actually, let me check. We're at 1,967 all-time downloads. All right, guys. Guys, we're, 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 we're going to, on it. We're actually 1971. Sorry, we just got, I just got the, the update just hit. Hey, we're, we're next, next week, we're going to be at 2,000. That's what we want. It, it's not a request. I know, I know our, our listeners are going to make it happen. When we start South Tech next week, we're going to be at 2,000. Yep. You know, we're getting more and more listeners from all over the world, and we want to keep that happening. And the thing is, is we want y'all to come to us. You know, we want y'all to come and, you know, enjoy these shows and see what's out there. You know, I'm seeing, you know, some of the guys, you know, I'm seeing, you know, Poland, Singapore, Canada, which y'all are always here. So Denmark, France, India, Norway, Saudi, and Turkey. You know, we want y'all to, you know, come out, you know, come to some of these shows, come see us. Um, you know, the Canadians, I kind of give you a little bit of a little crap, but, you know, you're always at, you're always at, um, um, uh, at Rapid TCT, and we love seeing y'all. You know, I have a lot of good friends who are Canadian. So, you know, we, we love seeing y'all, and we want to see more of y'all. If y'all are ever at a show, you see us walking around, you'll see us with shirts on that, that tell you who we are, you know, come up and say hello. You know, we, we love talking to, our, talking to our listeners that are from all over the world. You know, me and Ed have had the opportunity to, to travel the world and, you know, meet different people from different parts of the world. Yeah. You know, and the thing is, we want to keep doing that. You know, and if you have a show in your country that you say, hey, guess what? Y'all got to check this out. Let us know. Because guess what? We'll make it happen with you. Yeah. You know, if you tell me that, hey, guess what? I have, you know, this this show going over in Singapore, for instance, because I know y'all got a pretty good added manufacturing environment over there. You know, we'll make it. We'll try to make we'll try to make it work. Maybe not to be the first year, but we'll definitely make it a year. Um, you know, same thing with, with some of the other countries. You know, we'll definitely come out and, you know, try to, try to help y'all. I know, I think... Um, it's not something Canada does do at the manufacturing show. So, you know, and I know that they've had rapid TCT in Toronto a few times. Mm-hmm. So we'll definitely be, you know, going up and up to that. You know, I love that city and I love that, you know, I love that area. You know, I know my dad's going to be in Vancouver soon. So definitely want to go check that out eventually. Um, so, you know, and also, you know, like the Middle East side of the world, man. Y'all are, y'all are killing it with some of this added manufacturing stuff you guys got going on. You know, we can't wait to see it. You know, come on over, hang out. Um, you know, if anything, we'll... Do dinner or lunch or, or whatever and have a conversation. Maybe bring on the podcast if we see you. So, you know, we just want to say thank you. Uh, thank you for giving us the time, you know, the, the effort, the, the, the fact that you're listening to us. We appreciate it. You know, every single one of y'all, we, we give you some some, some, some some hell, but, you know, we like having fun with it. We want y'all to have fun with us. We want y'all to joke around with us. We want y'all to, you know, kind of pull our leg a little bit. You know, we appreciate it. Um, you know, check out the blog. We're trying to get more and more on the blog. I think we'll do some some coverage on the blog from uh, Rapid, not from Rapid, but from South Tech. Mm-hmm. Um, I do need to put some blog stuff up there from Rapid. Um, but the thing is, you know, check that out. Uh, Printed Heritage. We're doing some big things over there. You know, PrintedHeritage.com. Go check us out. We got that stuff coming. Um, Bulkner 3D. You know, we got some some stuff going on there. Some shirts that we're coming out with a little bit more and more as we go by. Um, but, you know, I just want to say thank you for giving us a platform to talk on. Uh, we appreciate it. Um, you know, let us know what we can do better. And let us know what y'all want to hear. You know, we're more than happy to do it. So, y'all have a good one, and uh, talk to you later. Uh, yeah, i just like to say uh, I appreciate all the support. Uh, I kind of uh, uh, feel the same way as Nick, you know. Uh, uh, the only thing I, w- I would say, guys, is... Uh, um, we we would uh, greatly appreciate any input. Um, 
if you guys are working on anything we would uh, like to showcase some of the stuff that you guys are doing so send us some photos to the to our email uh at vulcanr and uh we we'd like to do like a showcase and show maybe the best additive manufacturing setup additive manufacturing the uh even if it's uh you developing some cad drawings or whatever or have some new ideas of how to make 3d printing machines better so some uh modifications you've done we'd be interested in that yeah. or tag and, us on any of social yeah. media at Vulcan our attack yeah tag us and then like if you're in the area like uh we'll be in greenville next week hey come and hang out with us guys yeah let us know you're there and we'll yeah. uh, go have a beer or something all right appreciate it all right y'all y'all have a good one and uh we'll talk to you later that's all for this episode of tech at lunch thanks for tuning in and joining us for this tech-filled lunch break we hope you enjoy the show and don't forget to subscribe on all channels and also you can find us on youtube under volcanar technology solutions and join us for our next episode which gets published every wednesday at 8 a.m all right y'all have a good one see you later